Welcome into the Storied Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk about catching walleyes on the Bay of Green Bay. We have two guests in Zach Ansel and Adam Allon to tell a story on how their tradition of catching walleyes on the bay was formed. They share the secrets and how to enjoy the early spring bite of walleye. Well, welcome everybody. To the storied podcast this week we got uh adam wall and zach ansel and me and ruben again we're gonna talk some walleyes so hopefully everybody's ready for that and um i think we'll just start off with some intros i don't know if zach or adam whoever wants to go first um just give you a little introduction about yourself where you are now and where you're from yeah i'll, I'll we'll start off here so I am, uh, my name is Adam Wall. I grew up in um, Marinette, Wisconsin, right on Lake Michigan there, the Bay of Green Bay, right on the UP border, um, right across from Door County. Um, went to high school there, graduated high school, went to community college there for a year, did a lot of hunting and fishing on the Bay of Green Bay. And then uh, I came over to Winona, Minnesota and, and attended college there. And this is where I met Zach Ansel. He shared the same passion as me, a lot of fishing and a lot of hunting. And so... That's kind of like how we met, and here we are today. I actually live here now. I got a full-time job at Fastenal, and Zach and I just fished a walleye tournament tonight, and we're living life on the river, so heck yeah. Yeah, uh, good introduction there. Um, Zach Ansel, um, I grew up in this area, southeastern Minnesota, uh, about 25, 30 minutes away from uh, Winona here, where I live now, um, actually I grew up in the same town that Ryan lives in now and um, spent a lot of time, like like Adam said there, uh, fishing and hunting. And I've spent most of my life fishing the river, uh, the Mississippi River, pools 6 and 5A and um, all up and down. So uh, walleye fishing is kind of in my blood and along with deer hunting and waterfowl hunting. So kind of, yeah, makes everything uh, connect pretty well with, with uh, Adam here and you too as well so um what were you guys first were you more of a fisherman or hunters i i'd say i was i'm still uh my priority is duck hunting i think that is my number one hobby still but uh walleye has to be second i love catching <laughs> shooting green heads is my my number one but catching uh beautiful walleyes that's uh that's gotta be number two so and that's why i, I originally moved over here because my buddy brought me over here first season he's like yeah you want to come over here and try duck hunting i'm like you know what sure you know lake michigan and whatnot it's pretty good duck hunting a lot of layup hunting divers and whatnot but he's like come over and try the mississippi river and i came over here for opening day and next thing you know I was, stuck. <laughs> I was coming to college here the next year <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i'd say yep. duck hunting though is my number one but walleye is right up there catching walleye cool yeah i'd say uh kind of a little, little different. I would say fishing was kind of the, the thing that started everything off. I would go fishing with my dad as a, as a young kid. And that was kind of how, how I got started. And then as I got a little bit older hunting and, uh, specifically whitetail hunting and a little bit of duck hunting here and there. And then once I got to college, it was a lot more duck hunting and, and deer hunting. And then the walleye fishing kind of took a little bit of a back burner, but now, uh, now that I live, live in Winona here, right, right next to the river, the walleye fishing is kind of the fires, I guess, reignited over the last five, six years. And, 
kind of just got the bug and I would say I would say walleye fishing probably is the the top of everything but um yeah close second for uh deer hunting and and waterfall as well so um Zach did you start on trout down here is that the first time like you went fishing was uh, I honestly I, I would say I would say no um growing up we would we would go to the river uh that was kind of the weekend routine and and uh and then once once I kind of got old enough you know, I was probably, I don't know, if I look back on photos and stuff of when I was a small kid, I was probably two, two to three years old and on the boat in the river with my dad. And and then uh, kind of once I started to do things on my own, then it was ride your bike to the trout stream every day after school. Yeah. And so it wasn't wasn't until I was probably seven, eight, nine years old, you know, the river, the, the little streams and rivers in town really started to play a, play a role and kind of the fishing side of things so cool cool well let's uh i think let's go into some meals that we usually start the show with we'll go with our wild game meals and i think me and ruben will go first and i don't know i'll let you guys can um share like both maybe uh the best way you guys prepare walleye or something like that right yep or maybe a pickled fish recipe yeah yeah right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ruben you can take her off all right. Um, well, it's always hard for me to pick one because I only eat wild game. So it's like every meal that I have that most of them are really good. I feel like I've cooked wild game long enough that uh, I don't mess them up too bad. But actually tonight, I think I messed up a couple of burgers, believe it or not. Um, however, last weekend I had a bunch of friends over after we floated uh, the Clark Fork in town here um, for uh, Poke Bowls. My uh, boss and another friend, they both had caught uh, silver and king in Alaska, and I somehow fortuitously ended up with fillets from both of them. So um, I was like, well, there's like three, four pounds of fish here, so I got to gotta get a bunch of people over. And basically, because um, saltwater fish, you can eat it raw. You can make sushi-grade fish. And so I just diced them up into like – half inch cubes and one I marinated in uh, a marinade that was like pineapple and uh, soy and some other uh, like uh, maybe mustard seeds or something. And um, the other one I marinated in just a sriracha mayo mix. So like one was kind of like more of a, you know, savory and one was more like that creamy kind of like marinade. And then, yeah, we just made jasmine rice, chopped up some avocado, some mango, some, uh, did a little quick pickled onion shavings and uh, carrot shavings, like just a little apple cider vinegar and water combo. Heat it up, throw it in the fridge when it's hot, and let it sit for an hour. And then, yeah, you just make your uh, your poke bowl out of it. Take however many and what type of ingredient you want and put it together, and it's amazing. And I really wish that you could eat freshwater fish raw without worrying about parasites, but you can't because, honestly, raw fish is like – I guess maybe it, the flesh consistency is probably different on a lot of freshwater fish. Those ocean fish, though, like how nice and firm the flesh is and how good it, like the, the flavor from mm. it and how well it sits in my stomach. It just, you feel like good after you eat it. Man, I wish I lived a little closer to a place you could catch some uh, sushi grade fish because that stuff is really good. Yeah. It's a region. <laughs> Got to get a commuter and drive to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard Saturn's are good for that. Yeah. Yeah, damn right. Oh, maybe a little <laughs> airplane, a, 
a cub or something, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. A float plane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I had a simple one. Uh, it's spaghetti and meatballs with uh, elk meatballs. Mm. Pretty much just take your uh, elk, ground elk, throw it in a little uh, bowl, take your Italian breadcrumbs, a little shortcut to all the seasonings, and then take your egg and milk and whip her all up and put them in a cast iron, brown them up, and then I added um, garden freshed, not this year's fresh, but last year's fresh uh, spaghetti sauce that I made from the garden and cooked the noodles aside and add it all together and bingo, easy little spaghetti and meatballs. Heck yeah. But yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, damn right. <laughs> I'm a big uh, fish taco fan here. A little cilantro, sweet corn, lime juice, get it really fresh. Oh, I either do, uh, I'll bake the walleye or I'll, I'll pan fry it, get a little crisp and crunch in the, in the taco there. But I'm more of a bake fan if you want to go real healthy. But that is my go-to is fish tacos with walleyes. Even air frying. So I live in an apartment here, so I really can't do sure. much, uh, you know, fish frying in the apartment. It gets stinky and whatnot. So, but I, I utilize my air fryer, and that makes some awesome fish. If you guys have ever tried frying fish in an air fryer, heck yes. Even warmed up, uh, you know, fish prior to the night and rewarm it up in the air fryer. It's it nice and crispy. That's my go-to, though. Fish wallet or tacos. <laughs> Hard to beat. I know. That's right. Hard down. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one to top, especially with uh, good fresh ingredients. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. We were talking about pickled fish recipe. I actually just tried some with uh, with walleye this last week here. Um, that that fish you were just eating was walleye. Yep, yep. I, yeah, walleye. I tried some with it. It's uh, it's not quite as good as some of the the stuff that that our other buddy Matt Hogan has made, but it's uh, it's it's still pretty good. But I would have to say. One of my one of my best recipes that I've found lately with walleye has been uh, a hot fish dip, and it's a it's a dip that you'd eat with crackers or you know something like that. Uh, basically, what it is is it's sautéed pan fried walleye. You know, no no breading or anything. You just throw some butter in the pan and season it up accordingly, whatever you're feeling, salt, pepper, or whatever, and. Uh, pan fry it up, pan fry up some onions, peppers, jalapenos, whatever. Um, and you mix in about a, a block of cream cheese and some shredded cheese and you kind of just make sure that's all warm and basically just mix everything together. Uh, kind of break the fish up and mix it in with the, the vegetables and whatnot. And uh, <clears throat> then put that in with the cream cheese, you mix that, put that in a, you know, an oven safe pan and uh, put some either shredded cheese and like graham cracker or uh, some sort of cracker on top. I'll usually use like Ritz crackers or you could use like a sweeter cracker, like graham cracker or something too. Um, you throw that in the oven at 350 for a little while until everything kind of gets a little crispy on top. And and uh, yeah, you just it's a, it's a good party dish. So now that's, yeah. now that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's one I got might steal from you. Yeah, yeah, go go right ahead. I, I just kind of I just kind of stumbled upon it one day. I was kind of looking through some some recipes. You know, when you got fish all all spring, it's like, well, what do we do next here? And I I thought, oh, this one looks pretty good. And I wasn't sure, and it brought it over to a friend's house for dinner, and it was a bunch of people that I'd never cooked for, never met before. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know if I really want to bring this and. It was gone in about 25 minutes from, from the time we opened everything up. And, and they're like, oh, well, 
we really like that. You know, what's the recipe? And I, oh, a little of this, a little of that. So that's the best so, ingredients. Yeah. Little this, does little it come that. out? Does that come out similar to like a spinach artichoke dip like consistency? Yeah, kind of. It's a little bit thicker because you you know okay. once you mix some of the other cheeses and the cream cheese together, it's got it's a little bit more stringy than an artichoke dip, I would guess. Okay. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a queso, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that would be. You could do it something like that. I mean, really, it's a. It's there's enough variation. I think with everything, you could really, really mix and match what you put in mm-hmm. it, and it would still turn out really good. So. Cool. Have you have either of you ever? Um, I I don't think I've ever had smoked walleye. You guys ever smoke it? Uh yeah, it's it's a little tougher to do. I have not found a good recipe for it. Um, I've actually done it more so in like fish jerky. I don't, oh. ever, I don't know if you've ever had fish jerky. It's kind of an interesting, weird <laughs> uh, thing. But yeah, I've had, that was another one of those recipes that I found over the winter uh, a couple years ago and started doing it with perch and bluegills and ended up doing it with some walleyes. And it's uh, it's it kind of dries things down. It's it almost it comes out as more of like a chewy consistency instead of like smoked yeah. fish is more flaky. So yeah. Um, what do you do? Brine it and yep. then somehow dry it off and dehydrate, dehydrate it. Yeah. And... Dehydrator is, is wow. the best way that I've found. And then you can smoke it afterwards, you know, to get more, more smoke flavor. Yeah. Into flavor. It, so. yeah. But wow. Wow. That's interesting. Endless possibilities. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Never knew that. I need to get my fishing rod out and start going fishing more. <laughs> well, give me a call. Yeah, okay, we'll do. <laughs> but yeah, speaking about meeting up to fish, how did you guys meet, Adam and Zach? So we actually kind of met through waterfowl hunting. Yeah. Through uh, I was part of uh, the Ducks Unlimited Club at Winona State University in in Winona here, and Adam joined a few years after I was there and that's kind of how we got our start. And then we, you know, have started hunting and fishing together since then a little bit more. Even so, though you went to St. Mary's. Yeah. You still, yeah. Yeah. When no one adults unlimited club. Yeah. Yeah. Hard, hard thing to swallow. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what started, did you guys were talking in ducks unlimited probably went on a few hunts maybe. And then you're like, all right, spring walleye season, pre-spawn, we got to go to the Bay of Green Bay. <laughs> was, was that how it started? Or what? Probably started like sometime trip, around huh? state convention. Over a few beers. Fishing, and then I'm like, hey, you know, I'm from uh, Marinette, Wisconsin. He's like, where's that at? I'm like, right on uh, Lake Michigan. You know, I got a bunch of tribs that bumping up the Bay of Green Bay there. And he's like, oh, really? I'm like, hey, you always got a free... Uh, you know, place to stay. And next thing you know, he's, I'm bringing him down to Marinette and we're fishing the Bay of Green Bay. And obviously Zach's big walleye fisherman, but Mississippi river's got a great fishery. Don't get me wrong, but the Bay, <laughs> Bay of Green Bay, I mean, it's uh it's another uh, level over there. So that's how we kind of got him over there. But, Would you say, I mean, that pre-spawn phase, instead of going to the river, kind of fighting maybe some competition, it, it would be better for you guys to go out that way. It's a better chance to catch multiple fish around that 28 to 30 inch range. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I would. So. Yeah. What do you guys think? not to plug it too much? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that the, the Mississippi river is got a lot less competition just in general with people. 
Um, I think now, you know, the, the green Bay thing has become very publicized, um, through social media and, and other, uh, you know, media outlets. And I think it's, it's crowded, you know? So I think in terms of pressure wise, I think the river is still better to get away from pressure unless you're talking about, you know, going to pool four red wing area. So, um, but in terms of quality, your, your quantity of quality is definitely Green Bay. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Fox River kicks out more 28 to 30-inch fish than than anywhere, you know, in the springtime that you can fish. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm sure the numbers would support that. I, I, don't, I don't know the scientific numbers on that, but that's that would be my guess. Yeah, we should touch on that quick before rolling into like what you're going to fish for is um, a lot of people that maybe aren't from the upper Midwest is not specifically from eastern Wisconsin. Uh, there's different regulations on like these fisheries. So inland Wisconsin, when you're going there, you're not allowed to target walleyes, right? Correct. Yep. So, and then so but on the Mississippi, there's no close season on them, is there? No, that's a uh, the. So border water between Minnesota, Wisconsin, and I believe Iowa, Wisconsin, as well as Illinois and Wisconsin or Illinois and Iowa, um, you're you're allowed to fish border waters all year. Um, and that goes for the same with um, the Bay of Green Bay as well. You're allowed to fish Green Bay, catch and release, um, if I'm not mistaken, almost all year. There may be closed. There may be portions that are closed at times. No, walleyes all year on Bay Green Bay, but once you start going north of uh, Menominee and you get up right Beatty Knock, you cannot actively target. You know, guys will target smallmouth and target smallmouth bycatch walleye. <laughs> right, but you yeah, can so. still you can still get a ticket and get in trouble for doing that if you are yeah. catching walleyes. But so that's like the opportunity there is. Um, there might be some areas in other parts of the state where you, if you were to be able to fish spawning walleye, that'd be pretty sweet. In fact, a lot of lakes probably would be awesome spawn fishing, but um, not like where you guys were going. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So who, who was, so you were from there. How was Matt involved in all of this? Or were you guys going up there on your own accord? <laughs> Our buddy Matt Hogan. That's that's actually one reason that I know all these guys besides Ryan. Yeah, I think Matt. Yeah, Matt kind of falls into the same, you know, friend group as all of us. You know, we're kind of all the same same group of guys, and so you know, obviously Matt likes to walleye fish just as much as anybody else in in our friend group. So um, you know, kind of just worked out that the four of us, myself, Adam. Matt and then our other buddy Dakota um, have just just kind of made it a, to be an annual trip up there um, to go fish. Uh, it just kind of worked out with jobs and time off, and just works out the way it does. So, so what what year was the first year y'all decided to go up there? Ooh, it would have been twenty. So it would have been three years ago. So it would have been twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. And if you guys have been making it an annual event, you must have had a pretty good first trip. Our our first trip, we really got into the post-spawn. We never really experienced the pre-spawn. We've been kind of used to, and that's where you catch your 
you know, you catch less fish, but the, the quality of the fish, I mean, you're catching your trophy, you know, nine to, you know, potentially 12, 13 pounders. We, we, we caught the tail end of it. We were, you know, trolling husky jerks late one night. Everybody left the river, and uh, I was with Matt, and we were trolling husky jerks, and we just post-spawn fish. They like to eat. As soon as they dump their eggs, they're eating. As soon as they're dumping their eggs, and Matt and I and Zach, and he was fishing with our buddy Langer, and uh, we got into them real good, and we're all like, you know, what if we what if we come back next year and, you know, do this when they're pre-spawn? <laughs> and so this kind of now turned into a – annual event how we kind of target more or pre-spawn fish because of you know a little fun more fun catching those nine to 12 pounders but i think that's what yeah why don't why don't we uh do you guys want to like kind of go through that first trip where you guys hit pre-spawn or post-spawn more and then like what was working for you then and then kind of like how you adjusted for the second trip because you wanted to catch those more pre-spawn fish and be, be, you know, free to add any fun uh, drinking stories of Matt being uh, lightweight along the way. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I think, I think to, to go off of that a little bit, um, we really haven't gone up real early for the, the all pre-spawn fish. You know, we've tried to time it to where we're like right about the point where either the fish are just getting ready to dump their eggs and, and, you know, and spawn to, you know, the first trip we were a little bit late, the river warmed up a little, you know, the rivers warmed up a little bit quicker um, that year. And, you know, we've kind of timed it around that same time period, just in terms of time off that we have and, you know, when it works out for everybody to go. Um, so I, I would say that we're not really necessarily targeting a time period in general, the post-spawn pre-spawn it just kind of works out that it's been a little different every year yeah yeah so you guys got everybody together how far how far is it by the way from uh to drive up there oh five around five hours yeah so yeah. we tar- and you guys are rolling in separate rigs yeah we, we so we target to go like easter weekend but obviously every year is different the water could be you know, 36 degrees Easter weekend, or it could be 48 degrees. So that's why we're kind of talking about post and pre. We're kind of, you can't really judge it in that way, but we, we aim for Easter weekend every year and we kind of just whatever's happening, happening, we're going to catch fish regardless. So, but yeah, gotcha. five so, hour drive, just straight, uh, straight East, straight East. Yeah. So Wall, do you have, um, you, you got a boat then in Winona? Yeah, so actually I turned my – I have a, a surface drive uh, mud boat, duck hunting boat, that I'll transform into more of a fishing boat. I, I'll put a Tarova and, uh, you know, Garmin GPS on it, and that's what I'll fish out of. But that's – we'll mainly fish out of Matt and Zach's boat. They got a little more electronics going on. They got an outboard. We can handle a little bigger water out in the bay. But if it's anything inland and we're fishing upper river towards more dams, you know, you can get out of the wind. There's not much waves. My boat does just fine, but yeah, we so it's four of you guys. Yeah. So you're taking two rigs and two boats. Yeah. Yeah. And was it was it Zach? Was that yours and then Matt's, or, or did you take your mud motor up there? Yeah. So the so the first year I actually took my dad's boat, and then Matt took his, and then last. What's your dad's boat? What's my dad's boat? Uh, he's got a yeah. a 175 navigator, Lumacraft, <clears throat> with a tiller. Okay. So, you know, 17 and a half foot boat. 
you know, nothing, nothing crazy big, but big enough to where I feel comfortable out there, not, you know, not getting overmatched too often. And then yeah. last year, we just went up. It was just the three of us. So we did just take Matt's boat and fished out of his boat. Um, and then this past season, I took my boat and then Matt took his boat. So, so and Matt's boat is a sea nymph. Is that a 17 and a half foot? 16, boat too? I think it's 16 foot. Okay, it's a little shorter. Yep, yep. And um, he's running. And he's got what does he have on there? And does he have a 16 Johnson? He's running Johnson. 40? 40, yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Yep. Those motors are getting harder to work on because they stopped manufacturing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> a little tough right now, but. Enough about the boats. Let's hear about the fishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the boats are an important part. Well, you got to, you no, got to have the boats before you can go fishing. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. Unless you want to be fist fighting people on the shoreline there. Well, that sure does it's... happen. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the first year we went up, we figured, oh, we were going to fish half the time from shore and half the time in the boat. And, we just ended up just fishing from the boat because there's too many people on shore. So, just... Describe that real quickly to people who don't know anything about this. This is walleye wars at its finest, right? Combat, combat it's, fishing for walleye. It's, walleyes, it's, right? combat, it's, it's combat fishing. So you, like, you think of like, you know, see videos of Alaska fishing the salmon and they're, you know, whether they're snagging or whatever they're doing. Like shoulder, shoulder, that is, you know, where, where I grew up, that it's like a tradition. You know, you get the people where they don't fish out of the – 360 days out of the year but those four days during when the walleyes are spawning everybody is shoulder to shoulder on the shoreline catching fish so wall you participated at a young i did i did i mean before i had a boat that's all i did i put my backpack on and ride my bike down to the dam and you know (laughs) lose about 15 lures to every fish you catch but it was i kind of got started with the walleye there that's funny. There's yeah. nothing better than standing shoulder to shoulder, whipping around number 12 and number 14 husky jerks with three sets of treble hooks on them <laughs> in the dark. You don't know what you're going to You're ready to get your ear pierced. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to catch in that river either. Steelhead. Yeah. So what were your guys' tactics you kind of used out there when you rolled up? You, you um, I don't know if you left work right after work, you tried to get there and. Were you guys fishing? You'd mentioned at night and stuff, and I think we first started out slinging jigs, then we had plastics, and then yeah, I th- yeah, I think, I think that first trip we went there with really no no knowledge of what was going on, other than what you could you know, there's always something out there on YouTube or the internet that'll give you some some sort of way to go on, but I mean everything that we knew from the river coming from the Mississippi River, we thought okay, we're gonna go pitch jigs and maybe cast some ripping wraps on current seams. And we got up there. We, we left, left Winona probably, I don't know, noon between noon or in two o'clock that afternoon and just drove straight to the boat ramp and, you know, started fishing. We probably fished what, two and a half, three hours, never had a bite. And, you know, caught maybe, you know, ended up catching maybe one or two fish on jigs after a while but realized it wasn't going that that bite was not going we thought wow we're we're a little we're a little overmatched here we don't know what to do now besides and like wall said we kind of just stumbled upon you know starting to troll some husky jerks around because the, the water had warmed up so fast a lot of those fish had left the dam area 
and started already sinking back down to where the current was a little less. And so we just started trolling current seams kind of in the, in the tribs and uh, started catching fish, pulling husky jerks, which, you know, you see it all the time. Now you can watch countless YouTube videos of guys trolling husky jerks all over the place now. Yeah. It's just an accepted practice. They're even doing it pre-spawn now, but yeah. Yeah. Like that post-spawn bite. I mean, when you catch these fish, I mean, you know, you'll catch a 28, 29 incher and you look at their stomachs and they're, you know, their stomachs are inward. They're so they're yeah. hungry. They dumped all their eggs and they're ready to eat. And when they hit that husky jerk, you better be holding on tight because it's a, a hard <laughs> hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's no walleye nibble. <laughs> yeah, it's no, it's no jig yeah. bite. I mean, they're, they're, they're T-boning those husky jerks. I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people uh, that haven't done too much walleye fishing said that they fight like a wet sock. Is that how these fought? <laughs> no. <laughs> you gotta and get a catching them. current going down the river and they fight a little harder it's not like catching those lake walleyes you can get a little current <laughs> yeah when you're catching them out of five to eight feet of water trolling up river at a mile to a mile and a half an hour you know i mean they're we're, we're fishing most of our husky jerks on spinning rods you know a seven foot to a seven and a half foot uh, medium medium light fast action rods you know it's all you know you could fish them on casting rods or, or trolling rods with planer boards and stuff. But to me, it, it, it's not necessarily as fun as, as holding the rod and yeah. having it almost rip the rod out of your hand. And you can, we do a lot of pumping, you know, pump rod stuff where you're constantly moving that rod around. You're not just letting it hang there. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so I think there's, there's something to be said about the way that we're trolling is more, more hand to hand fishing and hand to hand combat, I think than than most people would do it um there's a lot of guys that pull planer boards and yeah. you know That's six awesome. rod setups eight rod setups and whatever to me that's not really all that much fun yeah because yeah, i mean also with the husky jerks and all those hooks it's not like you're gonna have to set the hook on them no like when the night they're on no not really i mean yeah there's times where they'll nip at the back hook but I think a lot of it's mostly they, they hook themselves when you're trolling. There's a lot of side, yeah. we call it sw- side swiping. You know they'll come in and bam, you know they'll hit it and they won't get hooked, and that's why that like you were saying that pause. You know you jerk it forward and then you, you let it drift back with the current. And a lot of time when they're when you pause there and let it drift back, that's when they really eat it. And that's what we found a lot of success on. And that's something you can't really do when you're trolling. Yeah, you know you got three point planer boards on the right, three pointers on the left, and you know you just watch the planer boards. You don't feel that actual thump and that's what that is what is awesome yeah the thump yeah now you guys were um was that the first trip i remember seeing snapchats from you guys on these trips i don't know if it was the first one or all of them do you fish through the night on them (laughs) so this is this is our little secret here this is a little secret a lot of when he was zach was saying there's a lot of people that fish bay green bay all the tributaries and everybody fishes during the day and you know get you some guys fishing at night but you get away from the boat traffic and when you're when you're fishing these shallow waters and you got a lot of boat traffic our theory is these fish get spooked imagine you're taking a a 22 to 24 foot boat over six feet of water pretty clear it's you know tributary to green bay not the mississippi river it spooks a lot of those fish that's what we think so a lot of this boat traffic will leave out of these river and tributary systems and then we'll come in there at night when there's not much boat traffic and then we'll troll these husky jerks. And that is, 
you know, you don't have to run these planer boards, getting them away from the boat. You can just hand line them right behind the motor and that's mm -hmm. pretty good there. Yeah. Well, walleyes, I mean, they're also doing their active, like obviously they're in there the whole time for spawn yeah. staging and all that kind of stuff. They're actively spawning at night too, the spawning congregations. So that could also maybe play into it depending on if you're actually on the substrate that they're going to spawn on. Yeah. yeah. I would, um, and I would say for the most part where we're, where we end up fishing them a lot of times are staging areas, not necessarily where the fish are spawning and running mm -hmm. up to, to spawn. You can't usually get a boat all the way up to where they're spawning. They've got closed areas um on a lot of these tributaries so a lot of the stuff that you're fishing are staging staging fish before you know they're not they're not necessarily actively spawning um i don't recall any fish that we've caught maybe maybe other than a couple here and there um that are actively dropping eggs as we're catching yeah yeah, I mean, they, gotcha. they shut off. Like when the, the females are doing their duty, I've ran into it this year. It happened to me. I was fishing them. I was doing very good throughout the week. And then that water temp hit 45, 46, 47. And those big females shut off just like a light. And they, I'm sure they were doing their duty. But when they were dropping eggs, they do not want to eat. You know, catch them mm -hmm. in there. But yeah, exactly. You kinda, there's, that, there's that time period where you're post, you know, you're dropping eggs to the, the, what they call the post-spawn yep. blues a little bit. Where the fish are not quite, they're not, they're not really all that active. They're not really feeding all that well. Um, and so you kind of got it, you know, we, we've, we've luckily timed that window and there's enough, there's enough tributaries, you know, up and down the, the bay that somewhere is going at some point in time. Um, so you might yeah. have to travel an hour, an hour and a half to get where we need to go to catch fish. But usually if some, you can usually tell by the water temp that somewhere is going to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be affected by a lot of things, right? I mean, like the aspect of the river, the depth of the river, what tributaries it has, if it's cooler or warmer. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to ask was these dams that are along the the bay here, are those all paper mill dams? Are they having a warm water effluent or? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I would say a majority of them. I'm going to say 50-50. A lot of, mm -hmm. yeah. So like, do those do those males like get up in there and well, like hang on that warm water? Effluent? I mean, huh? the males will come in very early. So like when people are still ice fishing, so guys will will fish these mouth of these tribs ice fishing, basically when you know you could almost fall through the ice. I mean, the ice is melting, and a lot of these fish will come in from the bay and they'll start staging on these mouths of these tribs. So a lot of guys will go out there and they'll ice fish them and they'll do very good, but the ice is not very safe. And so a lot of those males yeah. stage there, they'll move up and then the females will move in and then, you know, you can ice fish them. But, um, yeah. No. Is there, um, is there a way past these dams for the walleye or are they going to stop? Like, are there any fish ladders or any type of thing like that? Either on the, on the Menominee river, there is a fish ladder. I think it's more for the sturgeon. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, and I guess the brown trout, and I, I, I really don't lift brown trout up, but more for, for the sturgeon will, try and continue them upstream but uh walleyes wise they'll they'll normally stop there and then do their duty and head back out which is i don't know majority of the dams are probably a quarter mile to three quarters of a mile up up the trip i think that's good average <laughs> yeah gotcha so you're fishing both the lake and the tribs at night or one or the other or i got a or... boat so zach you take it away on uh, how you how you attack them from out in the bay versus the actual river system. 
So two boats, two different yeah, styles right, of yeah. fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would say, I mean, having a having a, a mid-size V-hull fishing style boat, you can kind of get away with a little bit of both. You can you can fish the tributaries, but you know, on certain days when the weather allows, you can you can get out and fish the big water. Um, and the, the big water fishing has kind of been what I've tried to, to learn and, and figure out the last few years that we've gone up, um, fishing it on days when, you know, maybe they're not ideal cause you don't have as much of a chop cause having a smaller, a smaller boat is, is a little tougher. You got to watch the weather and know what you're getting into, but you know, we've gone up and yeah, so we've, we've done both the, the lake and the, the tribs and, um, it's definitely a different, a different mindset and a, a much different approach where, um, I don't know how, I don't know how much you want me to get into, you know, the difference of them between, between the two, but <clears throat> I would say, uh, just in, in general, the baits are, are the, probably the biggest difference what we're fishing. Mm. Um, what's the different mindset? Yeah. What's the different mindset? Or like, what's your different mindset there? Oh, I mean, I would say, you know, fishing the tributaries and the and and the the rivers going into the bay, it's much more of uh, what I would consider to be a Mississippi River mindset. And you're fishing current yeah. seams. You watch the water more than your electronics, <clears throat> which sets up well for us coming from the Mississippi River. I I feel very confident and comfortable fishing the the tributary rivers because I can I feel like I can read the water much better than I can read the electronics. Um, and, and where the, the water looks like there should be fish, there should be fish there. That's the, the nice thing with, you know, Green Bay in general is that there's so many fish that when it looks like there should be something going on, there's usually something going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, setting up and fishing current seams on the main, the main rivers off, you know, timber and, um, some of the channels, rock edges and whatnot. Zach, on the rivers. Zach, talk a little bit about the side scanning walleye zone out on the actual bay there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, so that that's the that would be the the second mindset of uh, fishing out on the open water out on the bay. There's a it's a big sand flat. You get out in these mouths and it's you know 15 foot depths. You know, out in the mouth to eight foot in a lot of them. Is it um, rolling at all up and down no, or just no, pretty pretty, pretty much straight sand pretty even drops off the, off the edge. Um, and you don't get a lot of variation between bottom content. It's, it's all pretty much all sand. Um, so you got to look for, you know, water temperature being one of them is a, is a driving factor of finding fish. And so what we do is we'll, we'll go out in the mouth and you basically drive around with your side imaging and you find the water temp. That's the warmest water temp. And once you find that warm water temp, you know, it could be, it could be five tenths of a degree warmer. It could be two tenths of a degree warmer, but though that little difference makes, makes all the difference sometimes, um, where those fish will hang out and they just roam these flats staging to spawn feeding. Um, and they just, they just roam around kind of, and so you can, you can mark pods of fish on the side imaging much easier than you could, you know, just driving over the top of them, fishing in such shallow, shallow water, you know, having, being able to scan out 150 feet is huge. You don't have to drive right over the top of a pot of 10, 12, 
you know, 20 plus inch walleyes, you can see them at a hundred you know, hundred feet is usually what the max that I'll go to really be able to break down where the fish are at. Um, so yeah, just driving around, scanning, marking, marking fish, marking pods of fish. Um, usually I won't stop until I find a pot of fish of, you know, 10, 12 fish in a, in a single pod, you know, unless it's really tough. You know, if you're, if you're driving around and you're not really seeing a whole lot and you mark a pot of fish of, you know, four or five and, and you, you just want to go fish, you may as well just yeah. fish them a little bit. But again, it, it's, it's a little different mindset of, you know, the baits too. Um, you know, in the rivers, we fish a lot of jig and plastic during the day and then um, kind of at night. And throughout the day, we, you can still do the same thing if it's not too much pressure, but trolling husky jerks around and and doing more of the trolling style thing whereas fishing out on the bay is a lot more casting and you can do some trolling um planter boards you can you can do a lot of that you know we saw this last year when we were up there we saw a lot more people trolling you know shad wraps and flicker shads and stuff like that on planter boards and you know your your husky jerks and you know berkeley hit sticks and whatnot um but the, the casting bite is what everybody goes there for. You know, the rip and wrap fish, the the hair jig fish, and uh, you're you're still fishing some jig and plastic, but yeah, I mean it's the it's the pop that, that gets you to keep coming back. Um so so yeah, that's kinda kinda how we approach that. Um I guess in terms of baits wise, you know, everybody the the rage all right now is custom painted baits. Um I kind, You're part of that. I kind of started to dabble in. I bought my own paint gun and, and started to, to make my own stuff. And I, I'll tie up my own hair jigs and, and everything. And so, you know, it's kind of cool. That's, that's, that's one big thing to, uh, to do. You start catching fish on stuff that you made yourself and that feels even better. You know, if you, mm. I spend hours in the wintertime painting, ripping wraps or tying hair jigs and, uh, painting husky jerks. And when you go out and you get to actually use them and, put them to work and they, they catch fish, you know, it's kind of a, kind of a, a big deal, I guess, especially the first couple of times you do it and then you realize, Oh, it, it works. So, yeah. yeah. Is there, you don't have to get into specifics to give away your secrets here, but do you have certain color combinations or colors in general? Here, that I just, <laughs> I'm just eat them out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, you could, you could have down, you know, 10, 10 baits at a time. And it's almost a guarantee that they're going to hit three different colors and it's going to be UV green, UV pink, or a combination of the two are purple. I mean, that's, Hmm. that's, I mean, those three colors for whatever reason on green Bay is just, they can't live without fire tiger. I'm telling you. I mean, yeah, anything, you know, anything that lime green, chartreuse green, um, you know, it's Green Bay for a reason. Yeah. yeah. They like that green. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't bite on just like green and then gold. That's it. Green. Yeah. I, right. I, why, well, maybe they don't like the purple for the Vikings yeah, or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't, no, no, no. Purple. <laughs> you know, that they, they've got, you know, purple is the special hair jig color. If you don't have purple, you may as well go home. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's. It's an interesting fishery. You can catch fish on all kinds of colors and and the different baits, but 
there definitely is something about you know the purple green and pink that 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 you know that body of water just it works well you know we've got the same type of thing on the river and and it just that's the way it is so so wall what is the main forage base for these fish that you're catching then if we're talking about bait colors what do you think that has to do with what they're actually eating uh you hear about like bay green bay and like the white fish and smallmouth you're always hearing about these giant smallmouth new records getting caught every year and you hear about gobies all around all these fish are eating gobies that's what they're foraging on for walleyes i honestly think a a lot of it is perch fry i think they do a lot of damage Mm -hmm. on on the perch fry Uh, don't get me wrong they'll eat a lot of gobies so like you you think of the bay green bay you got the east shore was where i'm from and that is predominantly sandy a little warmer water the more salt you go towards like pensaki in the in the fox river you got you know more uh, dirty water it's warmer a lot more forage base and you go over the west side so like the door county side and that's a little more clear water it's a little colder it's a lot of rock and uh, zebra mussels and that's where you get a lot of the gobies and then you go north the baby knock of uh, east of escanaba same uh, deal there. A lot of uh, clear, colder water. Gobies are more up there. Alewife, schmelt, um, do a lot of stocking of uh, brown trout. I'm sure they take advantage of that too. But uh, down by us, I mean, the fish, I've caught several tagged fish. I've, I've caught a tagged fish from up in the Badenak, from the west side, down in Pensaki. I mean, they, they come from everywhere and to spawn in these tribs up where I'm from. But the uh, the main forage base, I think, is anything. I mean, that, that fishery in the Bay of Green Bay is just amazing. There's just so much you know, bait fish and other species that these fish prey on. But uh, What is the max depth in the Bay of Green Bay? Uh, for, uh, probably... Probably 50. No, there's a hole uh, south of Chamber. It's called Chambers Island. There's a hole over there that's about, I want to say, 120, 115. Mm. Really? Because that deep? Wow. So, so, but in general, compared to the rest of Lake Michigan, it's very shallow. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't consider the Bay Green Bay. Obviously, it's part of Lake Michigan, but we call it the Big Pond. So, like when we go fishing for kings and browns and steelhead, not browns, steelhead and kings, we go on the Big Pond. So that's the other side of Sturgeon Bay, or like north of uh, Port Washington. But uh, where we're from, I mean, it's it's very shallow, very very shallow. Yeah warm water a lot of growth weeds and whatnot so says 171 feet deep in the bay green bay yeah and lake michigan's like 600 right yeah maybe close to a thousand yeah i don't know so we looked that up from a from a fisheries like standpoint bay of green bay like you were describing large body of water lots of different types of species in there and species you're not going to find like inland, like you're not going to find gobies, you're not going to find alewives, you're not going to find a lot of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in inland lakes or rivers. So like um, one of the reasons that that is such a, I mean, obviously management has somewhat to do with it, but the reason that you have the quality and quantity is just because um, they're uh, adfluvial walleye. So they spend most of the majority of their life in the lake and then they run up in these streams to spawn, yeah. which concentrates them. Most of their life, they have all these options of good forage base, water temperatures, all that kind of stuff. And because the Bay of Green Bay is a lot more shallow than like the main lake, nine hundred twenty, probably a lot more. What main lake? Nine hundred twenty-two feet is Lake Michigan. Michigan's that deep? Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know that. Compared to um, seventy-two on the Bay of Green Bay. 
But mo- I feel like you have a lot more, um, you know, shallow littoral zone that gets a lot more light. So there's probably a lot more photosynthesis from the bottom up feeding the whole food chain is in the main, you know, main big lake. That's a lot more sterile environment, I would guess. And so you have like just a walleye growing pond right there. And then at a certain time of year when they're going to come to spawn, they're all hidden in these concentrated areas. Yep. So you have a freaking awesome fishing opportunity. Yeah, it's like what I think of is like when these fish spawn and these fish hatch, like the fries, you know, they'll hang around the trips for a little bit. But they'll as soon as they get, you know, a little pretty big, I don't know, a foot or so, they'll head straight south to like the Pensacchi, Fox River area. That is very warm, murky, dirty, you know, water. A lot of fish are like growing up down there. It's kind of like their nursery down there. And then as they get older, they'll head more to like the west side, like Door County area. It's a little more clear water, colder, a little more bigger forage. And then the real big girls and big guys, they'll, you know, they'll go up to the Beatty Knock and that's just real cold, clear water bigger forage for them and that's when they just really excel in, in growth but they'll a lot of their younger years they'll actually probably spend down the south part of the bay where it's warmer and more pre- mm-hmm. predators will not eating invertebrates and all that and yeah then switch to piscivory and start yeah. eating those gobies smelt all that smorgasbord yeah. of fish yeah eating that pickled the walleye you know <laughs> they got all sorts of stuff <laughs> i think yeah but the, ma- the management probably also plays into this because even though you have that large you know diverse area for them to live and grow if you were to take the gloves off when they come into spawn you wouldn't be having that top end like you do and that's why you have that one fish limit yeah. for, during that time of year and is that is that for like the entire side of the bay where you're fishing in the tribs to up to like is it delineated by like wherever the dam is yeah is i think the a15 is the border yeah, it's the border, but I think May 15th is when you can keep five. And so, like, when we were talking about, you know, we aim for Easter weekend, it could be 39 degrees, it could be 50 degrees. So, like, some years that water temp will stay cold until, you know, more towards May, and the slot will open up for five. You can catch five. And so these guys are able to come in there and they're catch five, you know, 27, yeah. 30 inches, and you can keep them. So. Yeah, And that's an important regulation because just fishing pressure and difficulty when they're not concentrated at those mouths, like, yeah, you can let people keep five, but how many people are good enough fishermen and putting the time in to find where those fish are and what they're eating out in that main lake, you know? And that's where it's, I mean, it's like I said, when I was growing up, I'd put the backpack on and grab the fish pole, head down to the dam. I mean, when the fish are in those, the tribs along Green Bay, I mean, they are, you're talking thousands of them. How many times have you seen people catch the same fish? Two people hooking the same fish. Ever seen that? Yeah, somebody else snagging their line while they have the fish. <laughs> yeah. And that fish is snagged. <laughs> Not even a league. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Circus. Is it, um, so what are the populations of walleye like above these dams in these rivers? There, there's, there's a definite population, but it's nothing compared to the, you know, these fish that grow up and then leave and then live in the Bay Green Bay. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'll fish smallies on these upper above the above these dams on these tributaries. I'll, I'll do a lot of smallmouth fishing, top water and whatnot, and do a lot of floats. And, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of good walleye fishing up there, but it's nothing comparable to the to the Bay of Green Bay. But there is de- yeah. definite population of nice fish. Is your top end up there like well below your top end from the bay? Like not numbers wise, just the biggest fish that you'll catch. I mean, you know, there's there's nice fish up there, but your your odds of catching a really nice fish during the spawn when you're fishing Tribs Green Bay, I mean, it's oh, 
could possibly catch six, seven fish over 27 inches in, you know, two, three hours when you're fishing at night on these trips. It's pretty crazy when it's hot, but it's not easy by any means. You got to, you know, you got to figure out what you're doing and get a process down in order to catch these fish. But Do you guys have like, and you were saying you don't normally fish on the same boat, but do you guys each have like one night from all these trips that like stands out above the rest? And if you do like, what kind of was the deal? Was it like a certain type of bite or was it like a certain situation where you were like down in the dumps and found a good bite or what was going on? Or just had fun. <laughs> or were you just, yeah, out there just partying and not drinking and operating boats? <laughs> I don't think you can drink when you're fishing that hard. It's hard to pick up. <laughs> you don't have time. Yeah, well, that's what Matt always says. He's like, time with your lure in the water is how you catch fish. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Crack a beer and then an hour later, like, damn, I only took one sip of this. For me, it was yeah, by, I would, it was by myself this year. Zach and all of them actually left, so they left. It was, it was pre-spawn. We were doing pretty good. We caught some nice fish, but uh, they all left, and I stayed there because I was I lived there, and I just took the whole week off, and uh, I was fishing by myself the whole week. And I would go out at nine p.m. and then fish till five a.m. Not many other boats out there. <laughs> I was just uh, I was trolling husky jerks, and it was just that right time where the where the water flow wasn't too high because when you get a lot of the water flow gets really high, you cannot troll husky jerks. You're either going to be running your trolling motor at eight and a half, nine, and you're going to burn out a battery in two and a half hours and you can't even keep your husky jerk down there. So I was fishing like some pretty low water conditions and it was still good. And it was still pre-spawn. The water was still a little cold. And I really got into these big fish one night and that was probably my favorite time. I mean, just, one to one two just trolling green uv husky jerk zach what what uh, what size are we running 12 10 or 12s 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 yeah. yeah bigger the husky jerk the bigger the fish that was definitely the case <laughs> seriously i mean I, I don't know i caught a couple 30s and i mean it was just unreal oh yeah it was a good time yeah and and so you were having to if you're by yourself then you're just landing all these on your own yeah, well, i had my, my golden retriever no, no. with my dog but yeah i was netting them <laughs> like I was saying before, when these fish are hungry and they're hitting these husky jerks, I mean, you'll get them in and the, the husky jerk will be T-boned like this. Uh, yeah. I mean, all three treble hooks will be inside their mouth. I mean, they're as long as you buy a new husky jerk, mouth sharp hooks, I mean, they're not getting off. But. So you weren't too worried about netting your own fish and then no, shaking it? No, no, not at all. I mean, yeah, it, it, was, a, it was a fun night. Dang, that's crazy that we we're talking about your guys' trips up there, and your best night was by yourself. I know, right after they. It's like all my best hunts are by myself. And Snapchats to Zach and Matt and them, like you bastard, <laughs> left at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think to go off of Adam's, you know, story there, it is you know it is fun to go up and and you know we really haven't had any time that hasn't been fun. You know, that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. You know, I think just going on a trip and, like, knowing that you're going to fish and you're going there to fish, and that's what you're going to do, and you just fish. You're, you're not worried about, you know, partying at all. You're not worried about going back to the cabin and, and drinking and having – you're having a good time on the boat fishing. I mean, so we fish hard. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe a couple of stories that I would, you know, can remember or, you know, are, are very, like, prominent – uh, kind of top of the line things are, you know, Matt and I fished this last year for 17 hours straight. Oh my God. <laughs> I went to bed. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> you guys keep, you know, we, you know, we got, we got up there 
whatever time and started fishing and the bite was so good that we're like we got to keep going we just got to keep fishing and we you know we're catching fish and then we went to bed and and we went out and we got up in the morning at you know whatever 10 o'clock and we went out and we started fishing the bay and we spent nine hours fishing out in the bay and Matt ended up catching a, a fish that was a hair under 30, you know, on a rip and wrap. And, and we caught a bunch of fish between 25 and 27 and some more between 20 and 22, you know, just your cookie cutter green bay fish. And so it was fun, but it was challenging to figure out and it was flat calm and there was a lot of boats out, but you get away from the boats and you'd find some fish that wanted to eat. And so it was, it was rewarding, but challenging at the same time. And, uh, and we did that for eight, nine hours. And instead of going back to the cabin and, you know, making dinner and having a beer or two before going to bed, we decided, oh, we're going to stop at Quick Trip, <laughs> grab the meal of champions and some coffee and went out and fished until the sun came up the next morning out on some of the tribs, just trolling husky jerks the whole time. You know, it, it and and it was just fish straight through. It wasn't, you know, there was a 30-minute window of driving from where we launched the boat at the bay to putting the boat back in on one of the trips. And, yeah. And that was, you know, that is probably the, the best story that I've got. And, and it was pretty much fish catching the whole time. You know, there was some downtimes out on the bay because you, you hit lull periods, but it was all, you know, it's all fun. That's the thing. It's all something to figure out. There's always a puzzle piece. Um, Can you even estimate how many fish you boated during that 17 hour span? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was over a hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know, between the two of us and a lot of those, you know, it was, you know, had, you know, it was, it was a good day. Um, and we're, we're not, like I said, we weren't trolling planer boards. So we weren't trolling six, six lines you know, in the boat, it was fishing one line a piece. So it's not like we were, you know, had a whole spread out for these fish and having multiple, you know, multiple doubles or triples on it was. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, where you're, you're hand to hand combat with the fish. And that's what keeps us coming back and staying out there for that long. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to, to go out, like I said, for a fish eight, nine hours around home, and you're you're pretty much done with it at that point and saying, okay, we did what we could. That's how our day was. Um, up there, you're there to fish. And that's yeah. to me, is like you go on a trip and you're there to, to fish or you go on a hunting trip and you're there to hunt. That's what you do. It's not necessarily go up there and party and drink and do all that stuff. It's, you know, it's a, it's a game to figure out. And so that's where I think the green Bay and some of the tribs, you know, it's, it's fun to figure out what's going on. Um, yeah, I would say that, you need that Caruba gold coffee to keep you going from quick trip. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't drink coffee. So I, I, I went on nothing. Oh, I forgot about that. I just learned that about you when I was visiting. You don't drink coffee. Yeah, no, I just, I was just going off a of pure adrenaline from every, every hook set. <laughs> and and we should funny tell that story. So I'll give story. you a funny story about Matt being a lightweight. Maybe not a lightweight. <laughs> it's just a funny story. But the first night we were there, 
and I had some, I had some pre-workout that I was drinking and Matt and I were trolling and it was probably what four in the morning. There was a snowstorm coming in. And so we're like, Oh, we're waiting for this storm to come in. It keeps getting pushed back. So we're like, Oh, we're going to keep fishing. And so we kept fishing and it was probably four in the morning. We had drove up there at, I don't know, noon, noon, between noon and three of some sort. And, uh, got up there and we were fishing. So we'd been fishing for eight, nine, 10 hours at this point. And I had been drinking pre-workout the whole time and Matt just had water. And right before we left, I watched him fall asleep and get bit. <laughs> and it almost ripped a rod out of his hand. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things. It woke him up really quick, but you know, after that, we're like, Oh, we better, we should probably leave. We're getting, getting a little tired here. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, motor batteries. Yeah. yeah, no, that was that was probably one of the better stories. I, I think this last trip, you know, we spent we spent a lot of time fishing. It was it was good, but it's it's hard, you know, it's a grind at mm-hmm. times. You got to really stay focused and keep pushing through some of the, you know, the slower times during the day. Um, mm-hmm. But again, there's so many fish that at any given time you could run into a thirty incher. Yeah. Um, and it makes the day, it turns the day around. Yeah. Um, otherwise I think the first, the first trip there, you know, we spent, like I said, three hours, two, three hours fishing and struggled until finding this trolling bite that the fish just wanted to eat husky jerks and they were more post-spawn than pre-spawn. And, you know, after that, it was basically troll until your trolling motor batteries run out (laughs) and, uh, you know, pulling the boats out while people are putting in for the morning crowd. (laughs) You know, I think that's, you know, I think that's something to to say, like, you know, to not give up and just keep on pushing through when things might not be as fun, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you figure something out and it becomes just as fun. Is that kind of your main takeaway from the whole thing from beginning, you know, you guys not catching much and then now figuring it out. Is just like you got to work hard. You got to fish through the night when people are going back to relax. You know, there's fish to be had regardless of what you do. But to even get in an upper echelon, you got to work a little harder than that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I give you credit on that because when we first got there, our first time going up there, like obviously I fished a river. I knew, you know, fishing from shore, you'd throw the husky jerks, when X wraps, whatnot. But we, were, we came there, started throwing jigs. You know, we caught a few fish here and there. And then Zach was like, hey, called the uh, Matt and I up. He's like, we're, you know, we're trolling husky jerks and uh, we're doing pretty good here. And then uh, next thing you know, it's, yeah, it's six in the morning. And <laughs> I mean, the husky jerk bite is unreal. It is, it is a fun time. It is, it's definitely something to, to be a part of. Can't I would, I would say the biggest takeaway from the whole, like going up there and just going on a trip like this is if you're going to spend the time to go there, why wouldn't you spend the time and, and do what you're there to do? Uh, yeah. That being fish at this, you know, at this point, I, I think that's a big thing. You know, there's a lot of trips that you can go on where <clears throat> it might be just easier just to go back to the cabin. The weather's not great. <clears throat> you go back to your house and go have a couple drinks and make dinner and call it good. And, you know, <clears throat> I think it was the second trip that we went on. Well, I guess, I guess every trip we've been on, there's always been bad, some sort of bad weather. So yeah. the time of the year that you go, it's 
it's you know whether it's snowstorms or rain or wind there's something gonna happen we have not gone on a trip up there where it's been you know three or four straight days of good weather um the first the first year we fished you know 12 or 13 hours straight because the next two days were 45 plus mile an hour wind gusts and driving rain where we weren't going to fish. We weren't going to fish in that because it's just impossible, not safe. And uh, so we went out there. We were like, okay, well, we're going to fish until it starts raining and then we'll quit. And then the second year we fished in freezing rain an entire day and a half. Like, I mean, it was 45 degrees and rain the entire time. (laughs) And we caught 75 plus fish you know, fishing the rivers and, and just pitching jigs and hardly anybody else out because it was shitty weather. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, having good gear to keep you warm and, and dry, you know, that's a big thing when you're out there doing that. So, so so the main takeaway you're saying is, uh, the more time uh, you got your lure in the water, the more more fish you'll catch. <laughs> I would say you 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 better your odds. You, you yep. better your odds a, a, a lot. Yeah. Well, you, you, yeah, you can't kill them unless you're with them. You can't catch fish if you don't have your line in the water. Yep. Exactly. Well, what was your what was your takeaway? Yeah. From I just from the trips. Well, yeah. How about juxtapose uh, you, before and after you started going with these guys and hitting the big water. I think the biggest takeaway was like, even like when it comes to duck hunting, I try and get as far as ways possible from, from other people. And so like, that's why I started fishing at night. And that's how we kind of started getting on these fish is because everybody leaves the river at night. And like Zach was saying, when bad weather, bad weather comes in, you know, we got the gear to put on and we, we fish through it. And that's when you really excel. I think it's just getting away from the people, getting away from the boats, finding your own fish, finding your own groove and, really excelling in there i don't know that's what i I, what i take away from fishing with these guys because that's what zach also likes doing is getting away from people and finding your own niche to find these and catch these fish so yeah don't get stuck in a rut yeah it's like oh i'm not catching fish so what am i gonna do you know i'll go over there next to the 35 boats and try and do what they're doing because there's catching a few fish or you know go do your own thing and find find what they're you know biting on or you know they're they're yeah. being fish somewhere else yeah, right exactly just go, go find them do your own thing yeah and that's so matt's cousin aj and i we we were fishing in colorado at this uh place and um it's a combat fishery and uh but not in the middle of the night like you guys are saying we were up there in sideways snow at one in the morning catching brown trout and we're like yeah, and, and that the fun thing about that is that even if people people probably know that you can catch a bunch of fish at night, but they're still not going to do it because people just don't want to do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's a large, even though there's a lot more pressure nowadays in a lot of areas, there's still the majority of people are going to go between nine and five or whatever. They need to be back for dinner. They need to do this and that. And they, they know they can catch fish, but they just are not going to go do it. They're just going to go back and be comfy, you know? Yeah. So if you're willing to be a little uncomfortable, yeah. I think there's there's probably one more big thing to add to to the whole equation here, and that's the fact that we kind of all have the time to put in. Yeah. Um, 
you know, no with families with, yet. Zach just got married, so I'm a single man. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but it's on my hands yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is it is a big thing to to think about. I mean, like you said, people people got to be home for dinner to mm-hmm. you know make Ma happy, and and there's a lot of people that you know they can't take off the work to go during the week or don't have vacation time to use to go at whatever time to spend four or five days on a trip like this you know, every year plus on top of doing whatever else they're going to do. And so, you know, that's where I, I feel like I'm pretty lucky with where I'm at with what I do for work and, and that I do have some flexibility and have a bunch of vacation days um, to use throughout the day or the year, as well as being able to, you know, leave work a little early on a Thursday before a holiday weekend to burn up to Green Bay and start fishing before, you know, 90% of other people or be able to stay throughout the week or middle of the week to fish when other people got to be back at work. Um, yeah. And I think, I think while you're kind of the same, same way, you know, having the time to do it is a big thing. And yeah. Cause you normally fail the first day. It's like we get there on the river. Yeah. We could have an awesome night, <laughs> but like the first two to five, six hours, you're just like, all right, you're just, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Like, what are the fish doing? Where are they at? What's the water temperature? How can we fish them? And then, you know, you get into that second, third, fourth day. And by that, you know, third, fourth day, I mean, you're, you're, you're on them, you know? So it's nice to be able to have a buffer zone where you can you know, fish for five, six days or two, three days, but you know, you figure out. The- yeah. What's really impressive is the people that don't have the time that still go out there and just get it done all the time. Yeah. Like I don't, I, I always tell people that when they're all like, Oh, Ruben, you're like really successful during hunting season. I'm like, well, the way my job is set up, I can take off like <laughs> a month and a half out of hunting season. If I want to, you know, like I go out, like if you, if you, um, compare the amount of days I'm in the field versus the amount of animals I've killed, I don't know that I'm any better than a weekend warrior who's got his shit together. You know, oh, you're right. he's probably got a higher ratio of kills per day or days to kill, you know, than I do. Yeah. But so that's the thing is like, that's impressive. But like we were saying, that's always going to control pressure somewhat. Like, like Zach pointed out. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I think, I think it's one of those things where you get better. Obviously you get better and there's not a lot. I mean, there's, there's probably less people every year or less people, you know, year after year that can, can go out and just do things on the weekend and figure it out right away. You know, you got to have somewhat of the time to, to figure mm-hmm. it out and learn ahead of time, or you're getting some sort of local information that somebody yeah. else isn't getting that, you know, that excels you or, you know, accelerates the, you know, the success. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I would well, say we don't, you- we don't really have a lot of that up, you know, when we're going up here, obviously, you know, some, I, get a, but, I get a little bit of intel just from viewing other guys' Snapchat stories, but that's basically. But even that, I mean, but even then, like, you don't know, like, you're not knowing very many specifics. It's a lot of just minor, you know, broad details and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, everybody can kind of get those. Yeah. So. Which of the three trips that you've been on so far uh, would you say, just fishing wise, was the best one? 
This past year for me, I was I just hit it at the right time where these fish were were pre-spawn and they were also hungry. And that was, you know, there's nothing better than catching pre-spawn walleyes. Like I said, post-spawn is awesome. You'll 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 catch the the same size fish, but they're gonna be two, you know, two and a half to three and three and a half pounds lighter, but they're gonna be hitting that jig and husky jerk even harder. So I don't know. This past year was probably the best for me just because I timed it up right for pre-spawn, but all the years are always fun. I mean, you catch such, you know, the majority of the fish you catch are just awesome, quality, healthy fish. But I don't yeah, know. I would say, yeah, I would say, I would say it's kind of hard to to go away from that first year when you figure everything out. And you know, we caught, we ended up catching a lot of good fish that night. But in reality, we were only able to fish really a day and a half, and so the the amount of time we were able to spend fishing was not not nearly as much as the last two years that we've gone. I would also say that this last year was probably my favorite year or the best year that I've had thinking about it, just because we were actually able to figure out the lake bite a little bit better and go out there and have success doing what, what we really wanted to do. And that was cast, you know, hair jigs and ripping wraps and, you know, catch some good fish doing that and really having, you know, the quality of fish was much higher out there than it was for us in the river. Now we still caught a lot of fish in the river and it's, it's kind of sad when you start, when you catch a 22 and a half or 23 inch fish and you look at it and you say, ah, another one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the Mississippi I mean, over here, you're like a 22 inch or the Mississippi over here is like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, anything over 20 on the river here is, you know, is something to, to you know, be happy with. And, and up there, it's like 20 to 22 inch fish are, that's kind of the cookie cutter size that we have found um, in a lot of the, the, the fishing scenarios that we've been doing. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to say. I think every trip has its own, you know, things that, that you look at and say, wow, that was a great trip. But again every trip has been a great trip yeah yeah because again you get to go fishing for three days or whatever and hang out with friends and you know you're you're working at something that you love to do mm-hmm. yeah. yeah hopefully you enjoyed zach and adam's annual spring walleye stories and next episode we keep it in the fishing realm and talk about some northern wisconsin smallmouth and musky fishing So hopefully you guys enjoy. Follow us on Storied Podcast Official. That is Storied Podcast Official.